0: The reading today is Psalm 103. So it's Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul.
1: Uh, Welcome to church. Great to be here with you all. My name is Matt, if I haven't met you. I'm one of the student ministers here at church. Now, I'm wondering, have you ever been in a situation where you've had to give yourself a little bit of a pep talk? You know, psych yourself up. Remind yourself of the reality of the situation that you're in. You know, make your heart feel what your head knows to be true. Maybe you're on... A long run doing some exercise and you know you needed to keep telling yourself it's just around the corner one more stretch one more bend I'm, I can get there this is good for me I know I can do it maybe you've got kids and you had to teach them how to drive and you had to keep convincing yourself psyching yourself up going no it's all right everyone drives all right I'm not going to crash and die this time hopefully Maybe before heading into an exam, you had to psych yourself up and remind yourself no, I, I know the content, I've done the work, it's going to be all right, I'm, I can be calm, I can be relaxed. Or maybe in the lead up to that exam, you had to keep giving yourself pep talks to stop procrastinating and actually get back into the work that you knew you had to be doing. You know, I used to give myself little pep talks when I was playing cricket, uh, as the bowler's running in, uh, I'm batting, I'm waiting for him to come. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, play straight, get forward, it's okay, come on, be calm. You know, I kept saying that, I kept saying, get forward, move your feet, try and remind myself of the things I needed to be doing to get myself in the right frame of mind, to stop my heart from doing the thing it wanted to do, which was slog the ball for a six, and know in my head the right thing to do was just be sensible and play straight. Because you see, sometimes I think we need to give ourselves little pep talks, little reminders to help us remember the truth in different situations, or to get us back on track when we start drifting from how we're meant to be living. Because it's easy, isn't it, to convince ourselves of lies, to forget the reality of the situation we're in, forget what we know to be true, and live in a way that isn't in line with those truths. I think this is really true of our understanding of God as well, isn't it? We get caught up with what the world thinks is important, how the world views God. We might get overwhelmed by pain and suffering. We might lose sight of the truths of the gospel. We go through times of spiritual dullness where we're no longer excited about how good God is. We're no longer excited about the gospel And we forget to praise God for for His goodness to us. I think we often need to preach the truth to ourselves, remind ourselves of the Gospel, hold on to that truth to help our hearts respond appropriately to what our minds know to be true. And we see this in Psalm 103. David, he gives himself this own little pep talk, a reminder to himself about who God is and what He's done and how He should be responding appropriately. And it's a pep talk I think we all should be speaking to ourselves, reminding ourselves about who God is, what He's like, and how we should be responding as well. So how about I pray, and then we'll jump into the passage together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You that we can learn from it, that we can know You better from it. Lord, I pray this morning You'll give us ears to hear. Help me to speak clearly and faithfully. Please change us to grow more like Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, well, let's jump into it. Uh, In the first part of the psalm, we see David exhorting himself. Verse 1 Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Straight off the top, this first verse, it's, it's what the psalm is all about. It's a psalm of praise. Unlike lots of David's other psalms, there's no mention of enemies. No mention of sin. It's just pure praise. Here, David is preaching to himself. He's speaking from his head to his heart. He's wanting his heart to catch up with his lips. He wants his heart to praise the Lord, all his inmost being, all his soul, all his heart. David wants his head to inform his heart to move to overflow with praise. Because David, he knows the truths about God. And he knows that these truths aren't meant to just be head knowledge for him. Rather, he knows that it should mean he responds appropriately in overflowing praise. Now, David's probably writing uh, this psalm at a time where he himself is going through some sort of spiritual complacency or forgetfulness or indifference, where he feels like he needs a reminder about the truths of God. Maybe that resonates with you at the moment as well. Maybe you're finding it hard to praise God. Maybe you feel like you've forgotten how good God is. Well, the solution, as we see from David, is to push these truths deep into our hearts and pray through them. Remind ourselves of the benefits, the blessings that God has given to us. You see, the way we remind ourselves of these truths, it's not just mentally recalling them, like, you know, you're re- remembering uh, a shopping list in your head or something as you go to the shops. No, it's, it's meditating, it's thinking deeply on these truths, it's forcing them down into your heart, packing them in. A bit like when I played in the sandpit with my daughter, Elise. You know, I packed that sand straight into that castle as hard as I can so that when I overturned the bucket a beautiful, joyful sandcastle comes out. You know, this is what David is doing. He's packing these things in, packing these truths into his heart so that he can overflow with joy and praise. And we don't do this enough, do we? We don't stop and meditate on the great truths of God. I know for me, I don't do it nearly enough. And how much better would our spiritual lives be if we stopped and did this more often? Well, what is it that David reminds himself of? Forget not all his benefits, he says. In verses 3 to 9, we see this long list of the blessings of God. Now, I've tried to split them up into sort of four general categories to help us work our way through them. So there's God's benefits, God's character, God's immeasurable love and God's unending love. So we'll start with God's benefits. Verse 2 Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. We see David, he lists out lots of benefits that he has received from God forgiveness, healing, compassion and crowning with love and compassion, satisfying his desires. All these things, they're amazing benefits that God has given to us. And they're all worth diving into. I could probably write a sermon on all four of them, but I'm just going to pick one to quickly look at this morning. So I'm going to look at forgiveness. David, he remembers and he dwells on God's forgiveness. Not sure how much uh, you've read about David's life in the Bible... Um, But David, he's a guy who actually sleeps with his best mate's wife. Not only does he do that, he actually kills his best mate to cover up what he's done. It's a pretty serious sin, isn't it? And yet in light of that, David is still able to speak of the forgiveness that he has received from God. He's able to talk of the way God has taken away all his sins. I think it's good for us to stop as well and remember our own sin remember the things we've done in rebellion to god and remember the way god has treated us by forgiving us for those sins what joy that brings doesn't it as we remember how far away we are from deserving god's love and yet how fully we are forgiven When was the last time you stopped and reminded yourself that you are forgiven? Give it a go this week, because it's a beautiful, liberating feeling to remind yourself of the freedom and forgiveness we have in Christ. Now, after David reminds himself of these benefits of God, we see him remind himself of the character of God, both God's works and his nature that leads him to do these works. Have a look in verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. I think there might be one slide behind there, Chris. That's all right. You see, God reveals Himself and He rescues His people. Because these verses about Israel, they have an echo to Israel's history where God rescued them from Egypt. And after rescuing His people from Egypt... God reveals himself to Moses. He reveals his character, what he's like. And we see David quote that here in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. This is what God is like. Slow to anger, abounding in love. God is not reluctant to pour out His grace, His love and mercy to us. But this love and mercy that He pours out, they're not just acts that He shows. No, that's who He is. It's His nature. This is the God that we worship. This is His character, loving, merciful and gracious. This is the God that David is reminding himself of, reflecting on and praising Because you see in Exodus 34 where uh, these verses come from that David's quoting, Moses hears these same words and what was his response? Well, it's to bow down and worship God. That's what David is doing here as well. He's bowing down, he's praising God in worship. And then we see David continue his praise for God's immeasurable love. Have a look in verse eleven for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God's love is described in these enormous proportions as high as the heavens are above the earth, as far as the east is from the west. Well, what does that even mean? How far are the heavens above the earth? Well, can we even measure that? I don't really think so. It's, it's not something we know how far it is. It's immeasurable. That's the point. How far is the east from the west? Well, it depends, doesn't it? You guys, you're living in the west. I used to be a student minister at St. Matthias in the east. That seems a long way from here, even though it's in the same city. I, used to, I grew up in a little town called Corindai in the northwest of New South Wales. That's a fair way west, isn't it? It was about four or five hours away from the east coast of Australia. But the thing is, right, if I kept travelling east after I got to the beach, well, you can go further east, can't you? You can go further east. Where's west at that point? Well, it's still in the same position, isn't it? As far away as as east from west always will be. Because it's infinite the further you go east. You can keep going further and further east. Does that make sense? It's, that's the point, right? It's, it's immeasurable again. It's infinite. This is the way it is described. God's love is described. It's immeasurable, infinite. God has taken our sins so far away from us that it's infinitely far away, if that can even be a thing. Our God is immeasurable. His love for those who fear Him can never be exhausted. And then in verse 13, we read, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. David moves from these huge geographical measurements to an intimate relational one. He speaks of a father having compassion on his children. I'm a father of two beautiful little girls. and I think having become a father, these sort of verses... They really hit home a bit more to me. Because when I think about the way I treat Elise, my two-year-old daughter, when she runs and trips over and scrapes her knee, what's my response to that? Well, it's to love her. It's to be compassionate to her. It's to pick her up and give her a cuddle. I'll do anything I can to make her feel happy and, and feel safe in that situation. This is the picture here of God's love for his children. But if I'm able to treat my daughter like that, how much more will God be loving and compassionate on his children, right? And finally, we see David praise God for his unending love. Verse 14, For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. See, David contrasts people who are here today. And gone tomorrow, he contrasts them with God's love that endures forever. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. Not just for one generation, not just for Israel at that point, not just for David as he uh, speaks of God's love here. God's love is for generation to generation, including us. God's love is with us for those who fear the Lord. And we know this, don't we? We speak of it regularly. We sing songs about God's love all the time. We talk about it as we preach from the front of church, as we look at the Bible in Bible study. We're so familiar with the concept of God's love, of singing and speaking about it. I think sometimes we actually stop to reflect and think deeply about what that actually means for us. These great truths sometimes don't connect with our hearts, even though we know in our head they are true they don't often lead us to overflow with praise. But you see, if this great love led David to praise God in this overwhelming, soul-capturing way, well, how much more should we be responding and overflowing in praise? Because David, he's actually praising God with a shadow of what's to come. He only has a glimpse into what God's love and mercy looks like. Because We actually are on the other side of the cross of Jesus, aren't we? We can see the love of God with a view of Jesus on the cross dying in our place. We have the reality of our sins forgiven, our punishment dealt with, our death defeated and our hope assured. This love is so big, so immeasurable How often do we sit and meditate on what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross? How often do you reflect on all your sin, all your rebellion, all of God's wrath that was meant for you poured onto the shoulders of Jesus? You see, we need to remember how big this love is. And we need to respond in praise like David does. And we see this is what David calls not only himself, but all of us the whole of creation to do have a look in verse 20 praise the lord you his angels you his mighty ones who do his bidding who obey his word praise the lord all his heavenly hosts you his servants who do his will praise the lord all his works everywhere in his dominion praise the lord my soul david's personal call to his soul it ends up in a universal call for everyone to praise God. This for David is the only appropriate response to who God is and to what he's done. All the world should be praising and worshipping the Lord. God deserves all of creation to praise his name. God deserves me to praise his name. And he deserves for you to praise his name. But how do we go about it practically, right? How do we actually help ourselves to praise the Lord in this way? What does it look like to preach to yourself like David does? Well, I think the starting point is to read these words. Reflect on them in your quiet times. Read through Psalm 103 again. Find other passages that speak of God's love and mercy to us. There are lots and lots of them, let me assure you. Spend time listing them out. Write them down, write out the blessings that David speaks of in Psalm 103. Think on them, meditate on them, reflect on them. And then spend time praying through each of those blessings, thanking God for what He has done, thinking about how that has benefited and blessed your life. But not only in the good times, in the bad as well. Keep reminding yourself about who God is. Have these verses in your head know them well so that when things seem tough when you feel spiritually low spiritually dull remind yourself again and again of the forgiveness that you have received remind yourself when you don't feel like praising god keep packing these truths deep into your heart so that our only response can be to turn to god in praise And for those here who don't know these blessings, who don't think they've received these benefits, then please can I urge you to consider the offer that Jesus gives us. See what He has done for us on the cross. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Because these blessings, they're for people who have faith, those who fear the Lord, who believe in God. You can't praise God for something that you haven't received, right? So please accept the blessings. Please accept the forgiveness that God offers us through Jesus dying on the cross, taking the punishment that we deserve, allowing us to be free. You see, as God looks at those who trust in Jesus, he sees Jesus' perfection. Friends, this is the greatest blessing of all, isn't it? And you can accept it today. Join us in praise of our God because he is worthy of it. So how about we do that now? How about I invite the band up and we respond in praise. We respond in praise of our Heavenly Father who has loved us by sending His Son to die in our place. Please join me as we sing to our great God.